She's like, your family's been nice. You've been so nice. And then she's like, I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be rude. Um, but I do need to find home. Um, unfortunately, uh, they don't have a telephone. And the explosion yesterday destroyed the aerial for their two-way radio. Yeah. Um, which Cassie immediately blames herself for. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, she did blow up the bug fighter, so in a lot of mm. ways she was responsible for it, but also but it's it, not her fault. Yeah, she drakened the bug fighter. I'd fried their radio antenna. Uh, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like you intended the bug fighter to blow up. Yeah. Oh, okay. We have a location. She's in the Pity Spring community in the Northern Territory in Australia. Nowhere near Sydney. <laughs> Nowhere near. Australia is fucking big. Okay. It's real fucking big. Do some fucking geography homework. Not Cassie. Cassie's fine. Cassie's 13. Ghost Rider. <laughs> I looked it up because, you know, that uncle is a tall guy. Lou. That's where, like, Ayers Rock is, which is right in the fucking middle. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> this is bad storytelling because assholes like me will go, that doesn't <laughs> seem right, and then check. <laughs> and that was true of 13-year-old Jade who just didn't have Google. <laughs> but would definitely be taken out of the moment. So, yeah, um, but she explains, uh, bless, Yami's great. She's like, this is where you are, not South Dakota. It's very good. Um, and she's like, thank you. That's very helpful. But I need to go home to my own family. And then, and to Jake. I had to get back to Jake, which would bother me less if Yami wasn't also a boy, because it definitely feels like saying, I'm talking to another boy who is nice and I think is nice. I am a bad girlfriend. Yeah. Like, you hang... There's nothing wrong with the... Got the people are cute. <laughs> ah, toxic fucking heteronormative culture. Affecting the kids. They deserve better. Teach them about polyamory from a young age. And also that having a crush on somebody is not mean you love somebody even less. Mm -hmm. I'm off topic. Anyway, he's like, okay, that's fine. You need to get home. You can ride with the postie. Which I bless him. He, he translates to the postman. And I mean, just like, I fucking love Australians. <laughs> um, but uh, then she's like, okay, what time does he come? Tuesday. <laughs> But that was yesterday um, and won't be back for another week. Uh, she's just there like, oh, okay. Like, I battled dragons and bug fighters and paralyzing green beams only to be defeated by the lonely Australian outback. Like, okay, six days in Australia would not actually be the worst thing to happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's not deeply inconvenient. Yes. Yes. I really like the the biggest bad thing about this is that the others don't know where she is mm -hmm. like if if she spent six days and was able to get a message back to be like hey i haven't been captured by the yerks um but uh that's that's not the situation that she's in yeah but yeah i agree six days hanging out with this family seems super chill 
Uh, mm-hmm. Learn some, learn more about Rose. Be great. Mm-hmm. Um, she hears an airplane, and we get the detail. She she runs after it, trying to get it to stop. And Yami's like, "Yeah, that that plane's not gonna fucking stop." Um, apparently, tourists these are Chekhov's tourists fly over all the time to uh. They'll just snap pictures of the charming natives and fly on, which is very good. Um, I love I love the appropriate kind of disdain that's delivered with. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, and she- I, I just love her translation because um, he's explained. Uh, she asks where they take off from. Um, and he explains uh, from the Alice, which is about a hundred kilometers from where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, and she bless her, she is able to figure out that that's about fifty to sixty miles. Um, and she, as she's looking out the desert, and I appreciate you. was like, you're not going to survive it. And not Cassie the girl, Cassie the bird. Eh, too bad you're not a kangaroo. A kangaroo could be making a telephone call in only a few hours. But even a kangaroo would wait till the sun went down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a kangaroo, fast, smart, built for the outback, better than Crocodile Dundee with a big knife. Um, <laughs> but could the kangaroo find its way to a payphone? Because Cassie the girl sure couldn't. Um, but she realises, okay, she can't go anywhere at least till nightfall. She can get directions, a few hours, and she'll be on her way home. Mm-hmm. Um uh. His and because they're comes... Australian, now there's a gift of a boomerang. Yes. Uh, Yami's grandfather comes around the side of the house. Um, and his limp seems worse than it had only a few minutes before. Um, but he he says that Cassie has given him a gift. Um, and so he is giving her the gift of a boomerang. Um, Which, to be fair, he makes anyway. He carves mm-hmm. them, he sends them to his aunt, uh, to Yami's aunt, uh, because mm-hmm. collectors buy them and tourists and art galleries. Mm-hmm. Um, though this is not a returning boomerang. This right. is specifically the weapon kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is um, bitching. She, at first, her instinct is to refuse it, that she doesn't deserve it. Um, but then... Uh, the old man's face burst into a smile. Yami's smile. I'd seen the same pure joy on Yami's face when he'd tried to share when he'd tried to share the witchetty grub. The joy that turned to pain and embarrassment when I refused to eat them. And so she accepts it, which is, you know, growth. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Yami's grandfather kind of like shows her how to throw it. And there's a really funny moment. Um, where he sends Yami to go get it, and she's like, "What? It doesn't come back." And he's like, "Yeah, when Yami fetches it." <laughs> um, he mentions that, like, she she asks if he's okay, um, and he mentions that he cut himself yesterday while carving. Um, and that's kind of like the end of this of the conversation. He's like, "I've done it before. I'll do it again. You know, whatever." Um, which, to be fair, is m- true of most woodworkers I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like, eh, happens. Yep. Uh, 
And so Yami comes back with the boomerang and uh, gives it to her to try. She starts to, like, bring it back. Um, and he's like, no, you have it backward. He tries to fix it. Uh, they have, a like, a meet-cute moment where they're suddenly way closer together than they thought. Um, and Yami's like, my grandfather would be better at helping. Uh, but Yami's grandfather kind of stumbles and suddenly is unable to um, hold his own weight. Uh, and Cassie's like, show me where you cut yourself. And he rolls up his pant leg and the cut is a gash that runs from like the back of his knee around to the front of his shin, like halfway down his calf. Um, so it's a bad cut to begin with, but it's also already infected and necrotic. Um, which is way faster than, you know, necrosis works usually. Um, like something might get infected within a day, but it's not going to start turning black in a day. And it's certainly not going to progress as fast as this injury is, is described as progressing. And Cassie has the same kind of thought process. She's like, you did this yesterday? Um, and he's like, yes, a new carving tool sharper than anything. I found it in the desert. I saw it fall. It was a gift from the sky. And it's a shard of the bug fighter that she had shot down. And, like, I can understand this as a contrivance. Um, and, you know, the fact that weird taxon guts probably made his leg get infected really fast. I, whatever. What I don't like is that this adult man who lives in the real world saw a piece of metal falling from the sky... And was like... When they know uh, yes, planes fly overhead. Tool. Yeah, like, ah, uh, yes, a new carving tool. I'll get to using this. Like, Look, this I have no problem with somebody, like, if he'd winked like it was a joke and then just like, I found this, I want to, I've fashioned it into something to use because of how sharp it is. Mm -hmm. But that's not what this is. Right. Like, this man is a woodworker. He already has, assuredly, all of the tools that he needs in order to do his work, right? Like, he has a whole bunch of different knives and chisels and shit like that, right? Um, he's, he's not going to see a weird shard of metal and be like, ah, yes, this is better than the tools that are designed for this purpose. It'd be one thing if he'd cut his hand picking mm -hmm. it up because I thought oh that's so interesting I've maybe this is a sign or whatever mm -hmm. the other fact is like I was using it and cut my leg yeah um yeah I don't it makes him seem stupid and I don't like that like it, it like you were saying before like it it calls to mind this the same thing we see with the Horpagier like uh these poor backwards natives and, and their quaint beliefs. And their quaint beliefs leading them into trouble. And it's like, can we not, please? It's so easy to not. It would be, in fact, easier to not. 
um, but yeah, so this cut is very bad. Uh, and Cassie rightly is like, all right, well, one, we need to clean this wound. And two, Yami, we need to get him to a fucking hospital. Like, this, this is very bad. <laughs> um, if it's black, it's already very, very bad. <laughs> um, and, uh, so Yami goes and gets his mother, who has uh, a whole bunch of different herbs and medicines to help clean the wound um, and deliver some first aid. <clears throat> Yami says that there is a flying doctor, um, like, a, like a service. They use airplanes to fly doctors over the outback. Um, but they can't call it because the radio is broken. Um, so... They're, they're kind of stymied on that front for now. Um, so Yami's uncles carry his grandfather inside. His mother and Cassie both work to clean the wound as best they can, leave it uncovered so it can kind of drain. Um, Yami's mother gives the grandfather something to help him sleep and uh, to mitigate the pain. And the grandfather is clearly doing very poorly. Like, he's already got a high fever. Um, he's not breathing well. He's in pain. Um, and Cassie's like, Yami, he needs antibiotics. Um, if I leave to get help now, the flying doctor could be here in a few hours. Um, and Yami's like, if you leave right now, it's the middle of summer, in the middle of the day, you're going to die. Uh, and then you're not helping anybody. Um, and she's like, I can become the kangaroo. Um, I, I, you, you were joking about it before, but I can, in fact, do that. Um, and he's like, you I still have to wait it's like, wicked. Yeah. I do appreciate yeah. like, yeah, dope. You're still going to die if you go now. <laughs> yep. Um, and he's like, you have to wait for sunset. And so she's like, all right, fine. Um, so they stay with Yami's grandfather all morning and into the afternoon. Um, Cassie helps Yami's mother to care for the wound and reapply medicine every so often. Um, but it's not helping. They are watching the infection grow in real time. Um, and at some point, uh, Yami's mother leaves to go find more plants for medicine. Uh, and Cassie kind of sits down. Um, to wait for nightfall, uh, leans her head back and falls asleep. And when she wakes up, uh, the sun is beginning to set and uh, Yami's grandfather is moaning and asking for help. Um, and she looks at his wound and it it is totally fucked. Like, absolutely totally fucked. Um, his entire lower leg is black and swollen. Um, yeah, crisis. Yeah. Uh, and so Cassie's like, okay, we cannot wait for the flying doctor. Uh, if we don't stop the infection now, he's going to die. Uh, especially with how fast this is spreading, right? Um, and Cassie's like, we have to get rid of his leg. And Yami's like, okay. Um, and he goes to find his mother, um, but he can't find her. 
Um, in the meantime, Cassie kind of like sits and thinks about what she's going to do. Um, uh, she has a moment of like, would he rather I we let him die? And it's like, Cassie, the man would definitely much rather live with one leg than die. <laughs> Can we yeah, not with those... the ableist bullshit? Yeah, don't need it, don't want it. Um, but she like, comes I to appreciate if it was mm -hmm. phrased like I can't ask him, mm -hmm. and that being the wibble right, for her, right? Yeah, but he it's can't just give like, oh, will he this. be less of a person without a leg? Mm. Yeah, just like no, like I could quote maybe understand it more if it was one of his arms, given that he is a woodworker. Mm. At least then I could understand why she might even have pause. Mm -hmm. Because of how much joy and pride the guy has expressed as taking in what he does. The fact that it's a right. form of income. But it's not. Mm -hmm. um, it's just bad writing. I, yes. I don't like to come out right and just say that often. But there's no reason for that to be there. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no excuse for that kind of shit. Um, eventually, she decides like I can't let him die if there's still something I can do about it. Um, especially not of just being slowly eaten away by this infection. Like that would suck so much. Um, and she thinks especially if I, she's blaming herself for being the reason for it as well. Uh huh. Uh huh. Just to add a little mm -hmm. spice on top. I'd helped my dad with amputations, a deer, a coyote, a raccoon, all hit by cars, and I'd done surgery without my dad. Brain surgery on axe. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, and I'd do it again in a heartbeat to save my friend's life. Um, and so she's like, all right, well, I need a very sharp blade that can slice cleanly through a man's bone. So she morphs into Horkbajir. Specifically, she morphs into the Horkbajir that she acquired on the plane that is now dead. Um, as kind of because a, we need that, <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of like a nod to uh, I don't I don't know hit the the Horkbajir himself and his better nature, like he's getting to help somebody, whatever. Um, and she morphs. I do like I like the detail that she fully morphs and doesn't just do a blade because she needs the strength, not just the sharpness of the blade. Mm -hmm. And also, it's been quite cool. Another smaller element of this book is the way we repeatedly see Cassie do partial morphs and be able to hold mm -hmm. that state. Mm -hmm. um, because again, she's fucking dope at morphing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the way she, the way she's described as morphing is that she first gets all the blades, and then decides that she needs the rest of the morph. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is just a very but, cool visual. Um, yeah, it is. That's fucking sick. <laughs> um, so Yami comes back and sees an literal alien in his house. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, don't worry, it's it's me. Like, it's okay. It's still Cassie. Um, and so they wash up. Uh, they dis She disinfects her wrist blades. Um, and they amputate this man's leg. Uh goes pretty smoothly honestly and props to the book and um, we won't describe it here it's 
described in detail the process by which she amputates this man's leg. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels like the right ad did have access to a field surgery guide, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike yep. the geography, I feel like the biology and the medicine aspect of this book was researched. <laughs> Or maybe Lisa Hardacker just like, I really want to write this. <laughs> I'm going to get this right. Um, but yeah, but we all even get the detail that she, they sew off some of the injury but don't completely close it because uh, it, they need to let it breathe um, so it doesn't get infected infected again. And that when they get the flying doctor out there, it can be the it can be fully closed up properly. Mm-hmm. Um. I do like the detail here of when she demorphs from Horkbajir, Yami finally getting a front row seat to her morphing is fucking horrified. <laughs> yeah, Kid's been very chill up until now, but it's just sort of like, mm, don't like that. Nobody yeah. liked that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, upon removing this necrotic tissue, uh, Yami's grandfather like immediately begins to get better, which is a I little don't know if that's how that works yeah it, it's a little woo-woo magic to me but whatever uh i i can believe that not having this anymore would definitely have some kind of improvement um um but uh yeah so she picks up the chunk of bug fighter is kind of just like staring at it um and then a shadow darkens the room and before she even looks out the window, she knows what it is because Visser 3 is here in his blade ship. Um, and his presence brings with it a darkness that is not just brought on by shadow. Um, and his, his ship is here. It disgorges a whole bunch of Horkbajir and taxons. And Visser 3 just cuts right to the chase. He's like, you have three minutes to surrender, or I'm going to annihilate every living thing within a square mile. <laughs> and you believe it, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. I uh, do appreciate this is both a little megalomaniac, but also deeply practical. Mm -hmm. uh, this is positively restrained for Vista 3, frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fact that he doesn't immediately start to do that. Yeah. Um, he does know his audience. Uh Mm. He has he has seen the Animorphs do stupid shit to save people on more than one occasion. Um, Cassie realizes, you know, she she can't hide, she can't allow Visser Three to hurt this family that has been so kind to her. Um, and uh, thankfully, Yami's mother and family went like in the opposite direction as to where the Yurks currently are. So she's like, all right, I need to lead the Yerks away from that direction. Um, it's described as like a grove of gum trees. Um, and so she heads out of the house and morphs kangaroo and just kind of like hops out into the, the, the kind of middle, you know, mm. fucking cowboy sting. I Shootout. do wish that we got to see Visser 3's reaction to seeing a kangaroo for the first time. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I know he can, he's morphed into some very strange aliens, but part of me does want him to go, oh, I should get me one of those. That's fucking <laughs> sick. 
I refuse to believe Vista 3 left Australia without acquiring some buck wild morphs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I do like before she goes out, she has a moment um, because Yami says that the Yerks have no right to be here. And Cassie says, they're here because of me. And Yami's grandfather shuts that shit down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, he says, they're here because they're evil. You fight them, yes? If you did not fight them, do you think they would leave us alone? Do you think they would stay away from this place and never hurt us? No. They would come. They would take our land, destroy our home. Our life would be gone forever. This I know. Do everything you can and anything you must. I only wish I could help. Uh, which is Shout beautiful. Shout out to grandfather who is clearly used to colonizer bullshit and immediately right? just like, it doesn't matter what shape they are, they're here to cause shit. Mm-hmm, Motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just beautiful and perfect and the perfect counterpoint to like Cassie's fucking weird moralizing, right? Mm-hmm. Is just like, we didn't ask them to be here. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's one of those things I've been seeing a lot. It's just sort of like, pe- like evil people will try to make good people blame themselves. Mm. Like, just like, you're the reason I'm doing this. No, you're doing this. <laughs> you can... No, you're, you're the reason this is happening, actually. But it's a tool abusers, oppressors use. Yes. And it's effective on compassionate people. Mm-hmm. unfortunately and you do something need an outside perspective to go hey no i appreciate that you've maybe got some weird internal shit you're trying to deal with but <laughs> as an outside perspective that's clearly the evil person <laughs> the person threatening to vaporize us in three minutes i think that's the bad guy <laughs> kiddo <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just very refreshing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's nice to see, like, an older character, like, it is that authority figure being like, no, you're in the right. Yeah. And it isn't one of her friends saying it to try and appease her Mm -hmm. or to try to get her to do something they want her to do. Mm -hmm. This is somebody looking at the situation, looking at her and going, well, you're fighting the good fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. Um, but yeah, so she comes out in, ta- in kangaroo morph uh, and things uh, devolve very quickly. As they all um, want to do. Yep. Uh, they I had to let the Yerks know I was the Andalite bandit and not just a misguided kangaroo. And then I had to run as fast as I could for as long as I could and lead them as far away as I could. Great way to sum up the situation, Cassie. Um, but of course they recognize her They because the Yerks at this point are fucking paranoid about any and all animals uh, that react even a little bit weird they immediately clock her as an Andalite um, and start to shoot at her uh, and so she runs in the opposite direction to the where Yami's family is um, she it's it's a tense chase because she's pretty much surrounded mm. by Hork-Bajir taxons. Um, and there are a couple of very near 
misses with the taxon specifically, where they kind of like are able to grab onto her. Um, but she is also able to kick them and just explode them like wet paper bags. So also, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like get, having a close call with the taxon is always going to be scary, even if you have powerful hind legs that could rip mm-hmm. them in half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, we also don't get any details of, uh, obviously, because the narrative doesn't have time for it, of what it's like to go into kangaroo morph for the mm-hmm. first time. And I would love to get the vibe of being in a kangaroo, mm-hmm. just like, fucking ace. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone that tries to fuck with me, I'm going to fuck them up right back. Mm-hmm. But. mm-hmm. Uh, I love she. So the only way she describes it is, is being information central, right? She has very, mm. very good senses. Um, and she fucking puts the boomerang in her pouch, which is the perfect That's adorable. little detail. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's running. Uh, and running from the taxons, and um, she ends up kind of leading the Yerks straight towards the mob of kangaroos from before. Um, and she is kind of guilt-wracked because of that. Um, but the kangaroos start to fight back, which is incredible. Kangaroos. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're just like, mm, don't care for that. <laughs> yep. Uh, they they fight the hork and the taxons. They lead the taxons uh, uh, into the water. So before, when um, Jala was chasing the kangaroo, the big fear was the kangaroo will go uh, into the deep water and seem like it's trapped to lure its like attackers out into the water. And then once the attacker is in the water, it just drowns them. Um, and so all the kangaroos go into the water and, like, do this trick to the taxons and then <laughs> turn turn this pool of water into just taxon slush. Um, I was going to say taxon soup. I'm glad we both went to such an upsetting <laughs> visual. <laughs> um, she rejoins the fight because she's like, well, if the kangaroos are fighting, I have to help them. Um, and... You know, it it it's a awful, gross fight. Um, she does manage to to kill attacks on herself. Um, I hate the description is used for it uh, exploding. Um, yeah, it's gross. Not yep. Bad. Yep. Not not, I'm not gonna say it. Readers, you are or listeners, you are spared. Um, and then as she's starting to to try to get away from the uh taxon soup um and a hork bajir is is shooting at her actively um uh boomerang strikes the hork bajir in the throat nearly slicing his head off which is badass as fuck mm-hmm. um and yeah, if you Yanni- have any reminding of how effective a boomerang can be as a weapon when wielded correctly yeah, yeah. Um, Yami and his uncles are here. Uh, they all have boomerangs and they fucking destroy these hork Um, Cassie is yelling at them to get out. You'll be killed. But Yami's just like, no worries. We got this. Don't worry about it. 
Um, this is, I, I say this half in jest, half in don't fuck with Australians. <laughs> it's just like, no worry. Thing is, uh, if you if you aren't aware, like, no worries is a very common, like, Australian response. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, even in the biggest issue, no worries. Just like, yeah. <laughs> it's oh. very good. And I just, there is something beautiful. Um, and also, like, Cassie doesn't moralise their behaviour. Mm-hmm. But there is something very like validating and uh, it's very easy to cheer along as people like defend which is their land mm-hmm. um, it's good uh, shit yeah uh, Tajala goes and tries to fight a hork by himself which is not very smart um, dumbass dog yeah so Cassie goes to save him um, and somehow in the process of, uh, wait, so this first hork he actually, the, the dog Oh, he does. Off. He manages it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, the, <laughs> she is fucking exhausted. Um, and in the process of trying to save Tajala, uh, she kicked the hork and something about it, uh, like, cut into a lot of her tail and mm-hmm. also, like, part of her leg. Um, and so Tajala chases the hork off after this um, and then comes back to her and is like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> it's very good and cute. It is. We love uh, a we love a dog looking after people. Um, yeah. To be fair, I do like that. Tana doesn't have to chase the hawk. Bajir gets barked at and is looking at the dog, looking at the blood on his hands. She's like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> not worth it. Um, <laughs> not worth it. Um, but hey, you know we mentioned Chekhov's uh, tourist plane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're back, and Visa Three, fucking in full like battle commander mode, just like. Okay, retreat, reboard, prepare for cleanup. Um, there can be no trace of this battle here. I mean, it's at night in the desert. I mean, fairly certain they're not going to see shit from applying in the in the night times. Um, fair enough. I appreciate being practical from uh, V three, um, mm-hmm. but they like fire up like the 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 the. Drop shafts suck up all the Hawkbajir. The dragon beams fire to dissolve every corpse left. Um, impressively fast cleanup crew. Um, all that's left are craters in the desert and dozens of boomerangs. <laughs> um, Yami and his uncle's cheer. Uh, Jala barks, goes up to them. And Cassie's basically claps. Oh, yeah, the pilots dipped their wings at the charming natives and flew on. Like, yes, more of that from Cassie is always, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but Cassie's claps behind this boulder and then there's, Cassie, you must morph quickly. And she freaks out, smacks her nose into something hard. And it's the canine-shaped leg of an ivory and steel. Um, which is Lords, who I th- was she the chi in the home in the construction site where she was squatting? 
like masquerading as a homeless person? Is that Lord's? I do not remember. For the life I think of me. that's her. Um, regardless, she smuggled aboard the blade ship to get Cassie home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love the chi. Um, mm-hmm. This is convenient as all hell, but I'll take it. Um, mm-hmm. And Lords is just like, I got you. Uh, your people have been searching for you. You chose a very good place to hide. Um, Cassie has enough wherewithal, once confirming that Lords had seen the outstation, that um, somebody there needs a doctor, call the flying doctor, and she's like, okay, I've got it covered. You just morph back. And it's extended a hologram around her so that no one can see Cassie morph. Mm-hmm. And hey, next chapter, Cassie's back home. Um we get the great line of consumerism completely baffles you, doesn't it, Cassie? <laughs> um, which is fantastic. Snap back to reality. Um, they're at the gardens. Um, there's um, And Rachel is very distraught because she was so happy that Cassie was like, she wants to go shopping. Uh, and it's is very disappointed that Cassie just wanted to ramsack the gift shop at the zoo um, for postcards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Postcard, zoo, not shopping. Um, which is cute. I just, I love their friendship. Um, mm-hmm. The others are just uh, in the concession area. Uh, Tobias and Axe, both in human morph. Axe, eyebrow deep in a box of popcorn, which is stunning. Um <laughs> But Cassie had got a uh, a little reminder uh, when Jake asks what she was after, and it's a kangaroo uh, postcard of a, a red kangaroo, a doe with a joey. Um, and Margaret's just like, it's Cassie in her other life. Hop along, Cassie D. Um, and Tobias is um, smiling at her with his strange, unblinking hawk boy smile. Autistic Tobias's life. Um but yeah, the, Cassie's other life, the one where she doesn't need the rest of us, the one where she single-handedly defeats all alien life forms from here to Sydney. <laughs> and that's when she's like, Sydney, of course, SYD. Um, and then we get the fun detail of a lot of the baggage didn't get there and a very rich Australian guy is offering a bunch of cash for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the personal persons responsible for stealing a sweater and two bottles of prune juice from his suitcase. (laughs) Um, You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? I'm thinking we might have a real chance of the reward money. Meanwhile, Axe is like face deep in this popcorn box. Um, (laughs) And Rachel's like, what is he doing? (laughs) And I do love... This is a beautiful boyfriend's moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and it's just like, what do you think he's doing? Axeman Cardboard isn't one of the major food groups. And Axe is just like, unfortunately, I'm not another morph, or I would be able to reach the last bit of grease and salt with my tongue. And he's just like, I'll buy you another box. And here, clean your face off. And I'm just like, <laughs> I love these children. Thank you for this gift. Um, but... Um, Cassie asks after the Marines. Um, to be fair, she goes to ask and then Jake finishes her question. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, how did you? And he's like, you're Cassie. Or you're you. Um, uh, but basically but yeah, he's like, ma- apparently the Marines took the truck and drove up into the mountains. Mm. 
sure. Yeah. I, sure. I guess. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's he doesn't really answer the question. Mm-hmm. Which makes me assume that the Marines died, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> it, it is very, they went to a farm upstate. Farm upstate, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do get this uh, description of him smiling at Cassie and it's very boy bad vibes. Like his, <laughs> fingertip, his hand is flat on the table so his fingertips touching hers, a little flip of hair has fallen down over his eyebrow. It's like, except you're back now, Cassie. So we won. We definitely won. I'm just like, that is the cutest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Um, and he's like, sweet. They squeeze hands. It's just sort of like, I was hoping we could talk. And Rachel, a peak cousin energy, it's just like, <laughs> talk. Yeah, he wants to kiss you big time. You should have seen him. He was a zombie the whole time you were gone. And Cassie's delighted by this. And Jake's just like staring at his French fries after glaring at Rachel. Like, depends on your definition <laughs> of a zombie. And Tobias is joining in on that. Let's rag on Jake. Because mm-hmm. Cassie is okay, so it's loud. Uh, but yeah, the definite somebody who can't eat, can't sleep, spends every minute of the night and day searching the airport and all other known yerk hangouts, and can only utter one intelligible sentence: "I have to find her." And Jake's like, "Okay, I was a zombie," <laughs> which is just like <laughs> I appreciate that it's portrayed as funny um, mm-hmm. because we know the truth of the matter was probably deeply upsetting. Yeah, but everyone's still there. Mm-hmm. Um. And, of course, Cassie takes this as a thing to feel guilty about um, because she'd been taking boomerang lessons while in Australia, like as if she was there on holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just, ugh. Um, but Mark and Arco and Axe comes back. Axe... Uh, says he is glad to have her back because Eric Eric projects an excellent hologram but could never take your place. Um, we get the fun detail that Eric needs to do um, a better, less good job on Cassie's homework because her parents now think she's a maths genius. <laughs> um, we get this brilliant little line um, from Cassie. Like, she says, I haven't been living up to my potential. And then Rachel comments, your mother can't even imagine how infinite your potential is. Mm-hmm. Which is just friends. Mm-hmm. Also, not to be that guy. Well, I am going to be that guy. That's hella gay. And I love it, <laughs> to be clear. Rachel is a lesbian. <laughs> Changed my mind. <laughs> I won't. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we do get this wonderful detail of Axe looking at the postcards uh, the postcard and is like a little baby just like you were an animal with two heads just like <laughs> no axe the other head belongs to the baby kangaroo because there's a pouch like a pocket a baby in a pocket is it effective <laughs> <laughs> amazingly effective axe uh, <laughs> and is able to slip the um, postcard into uh, her backpack presumably on top of the other card which not even Rachel had seen um but had found, managed to find a postcard that she wanted, which is an osprey in full fright, in full flight. Um, she addressed it while in the bathroom. Um, it's going to the Pity Spring community, Northern Territory, Australia. She doesn't sign it. Yami would know. I would mail it from the airport. I figured an airport postmark was pretty anonymous, untrackable, even for Visa 3. The message was short. No worries. 
And there we are. Yep. A book that is solo. It's just so tonally odd in places, but you know what? It's kind of fun. Even mm -hmm. for the bits I don't like, like it's well paced. There's interesting set pieces. The action for the most part is incredibly clear and easy to follow and engaging. Um, we meet some fun new people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a fun romp. Nice bottle episode. Uh, says some interesting things about Cassie. Uh, not all of them great. Uh, mm. But yeah. I think the stuff that it... Um, I'll let, let, let's go with this discussion point. Um, because it's a good one. Mm -hmm. um, how there's this theme throughout of Cassie berating her decision making. Very out of the frying pan type stuff happening but most of her decisions aren't actually that bad um she's making the best decisions she can with the information she has none of the others could have done better and a lot of them would have done much worse which is a hundred percent true <laughs> i assume you wrote this one or did this I one did. come from a yeah no i wrote it yeah um because i was trying to like summarize my thoughts on this book mm. um and that was kind of what coalesced for me um mm -hmm. because it, you know if we look at what this book is doing like what it's about what it's about is cassie in this position where she constantly has to make a fuck ton of split second decisions um and some of them are good decisions and some of them are bad decisions uh but she mm -hmm. always beats herself up for the bad decisions and doesn't give herself credit for the good decisions um yeah and like and and that's true of things she views as bad as well as are like objectively mm -hmm. bad yes um which is part of the frustration of it mm -hmm. uh, it's like that you want her desperately to cut herself some slack yeah and we know she won't mm -hmm. um yeah it's i think that is, it has been pretty firmly established as, like, a core of Cassie's character is this kind of, um, it's not self-deprecation, because it's not like what Tobias does. It's it's no. just more like constantly thinking that she's making bad decisions, and, like, everything is her fault. Um, it's very self-critical. Mm-hmm. Like, Tobias is self-deprecating yeah, and, like, puts himself down. Cassie criticizes her own choices. Mm -hmm. And then Marco and Rachel and Jake have self-loathing. <laughs> yeah. For the ability to order the thing, to think the thing, to do the thing, regardless mm -hmm. of what the thing may be. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, they all have, they all do this in different ways. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's just the way it manifests is different. Yeah. Like, Marco doesn't think necessarily, like, he doesn't think the thing, he, like, aware, just like, no, I made the right choice. Don't like it. But mm -hmm. it's the, it, yeah, I made the call. Or I I called the play, I should say. Right. Like Jake does it, and there's less hand wringing over the choices made, 
a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. When we get the perspective of the character, that's a different matter. Mm-hmm. But Cassie, I swear, is the most judgmental. Yeah, of herself first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And like then of all the others, the, the others proxy. yeah, the others disagree with Cassie more. And I do think we've had a couple of good, insightful moments where it's been expressed her, the way her attitude makes the others feel mm-hmm. even when it's not directed outward right so mm-hmm. she's a good kid yeah they're all doing she their tries best. really hard yeah that was it. there was that line that yami's grandfather said i closed the book uh, i think it was do everything you can and anything you must Yes. Which I thought was just really cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, let's do our rankings. Let's. Plot. Plot. Mm, it, the, right, there is no plot here. This is Cassie gets on a plane and stuck in Australia for a day. <laughs> And comes home. Like, plot is minimal. <laughs> yeah, the plot At is best. the hits start coming and they don't stop coming. Yeah. And, like, it's told well enough for what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's competent. I just don't think there's really a lot in the way of plot to talk about. Mm-hmm. I would give it, like, a seven. Yeah, solid, just not necessarily. It's not exceptional, but mm-hmm. solid. Uh, characterization the thing is it's really swings between because when it's good i think it's excellent Mm -hmm. there are just i feel like it's not like a full-on flanderization like we see with rachel but i do feel like it's exacerbates some of her worst qualities Mm. in a way that rubs me the wrong way Mm mm-hmm and while I think I don't think it's foundless, the stuff that's like, but it, as I said at the top, like all the little niggles of, oh, it'd be wrong for me to take a single orange. Ah, mm-hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. As a reader, I find that kind of characterization very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, because for all Cassie's empathy, she can also be deeply pragmatic when needed. Like she was ready to, she, like, Oh, should I steal an orange? I'm going to cut off this man's leg to save his life. <laughs> like, I appreciate we all contain multitudes, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. um, we don't really see the others very much in this book. Though, for what we do see of them, their opening chapter and then that final chapter, I really like everybody mm-hmm. how they come across this one. To be honest, yeah. Um, it's very easy to get the characterization right when somebody's only on screen for three chapters of a book, to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's largely solid. It just, it's weird exaggeration of some bits rub me mm-hmm. the wrong way. I don't know if it's even necessarily bad characterization. It's just, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'd probably give it like an eight. 
Mm, I'd say at seven. Because mm-hmm. um, it didn't make me angry <laughs> in the way some do, for sure. And like the bits that were good are so good. Mm-hmm. So uh, enjoyability slash satisfaction. I had a pretty good time reading this book. Uh, yeah, me too. I, I didn't even take notes. I sped through. Like I started reading it and I was like, all right, let me see where this starts off so I can start taking notes. And then I just kept reading. <laughs> Always a good um, sign. Yeah. Uh, I would I would probably give it like an eight or a nine for enjoyability. It was a fun romp. Yeah. I'd say I wouldn't necessarily want to read it again. Yeah. But I don't begrudge reading it. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing like, oh, you what you flick through the channels and oh, watch a movie. Oh, it was fun enough. You gonna watch it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say maybe another seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. What was your favorite part? <sighs> hmm. From like an emotional payoff scene. I think the moment when Vista 3 has arrived and Cassie's mm. getting ready to go out there, mm-hmm. that that moment with Yami's grandfather. Because mm-hmm. it feels like such a microcosm of Cassie's arc and also yeah. the series as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And I can just oh. see the visuals very clear in my head and it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um other moments I liked were um, freeing the Rue. I, I genuinely liked that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cute as hell. And uh, I, apart from the moments of just that feel like very like noble subject, loved Yami. Just I want him mm-hmm. to come back. I would. I dig this. <laughs> good. Yeah. Good times. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think uh, your favorite part was also mine. Um, is that that moment with Yami's grandfather before she goes out to face Visser 3. Um, I also uh, liked the bit where she's just a badass and cuts a man's leg off with a Hork-Bajir blade. Um, yeah, it's fucking sick. We didn't go into the full details, but it's a dope-ass chapter. Yeah. Very it's, well it's written. pretty dope. Um, but yeah. Uh, did anything surprise you? Hmm. I don't think so. As some of the beats I found a little bit odd. Mm. I guess I wasn't expecting them to full on do weird shit on a plane. But again, <laughs> I think that stuff being written pre September 11 yeah. has that quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the utter lack of and grasp of the geography of Australia <laughs> when you're going to set your book mostly in Australia. <laughs> just why, why do that that's another part that didn't make sense where I didn't understand why the fuck wouldn't you do a better job <laughs> if she'd been on the bug fighter longer and it was going in a different direction fine absolutely fine I am now tickled by the notion of the Yerks getting to Australia and being like actually fuck no because <laughs> <laughs> um, they are babies and can't handle an extreme climate. That would that, that, be fun for me. 
uh, <laughs> a fucking give me an idiot teenagers with a death wish campaign set in fucking Australia <laughs> and Yerk's trying to deal and all the batshit animals the kids get to acquire as morphs. That would mm-hmm. be dope as hell. Uh, how about you? Any surprises uh, or that caught you off guard on the reread? I know you weren't very positive about this book when yeah. we talked about it at the end of the last and you were like, I was eh. expecting it to be way worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's nice when that happens. Yeah, it is. Um, I, part of that, I think, is uh, I expected the racism to be worse. Mm. Um, and uh, this is another book that just doesn't have a, a great uh, fuck, reputation uh, amongst the fans. Um, it's just that one where Cassie randomly goes to Australia. Um, so I was very pleasantly surprised by the amount of, you know, pretty good Cassie characterization in this book. Um, so, yeah. And lastly, uh, question four, essential animals reading. No. (laughs) If you're a Cassie fan, I think the problems I have with the characterization, I don't think everybody is going to have. And she does get to be a badass a lot in this book. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of overarching plot, no, there's no even like incidents that are particularly noteworthy that we yeah. haven't seen done in other books. Yeah. Um, very not important to the overarching plot, extremely a bottle episode. Um, mm-hmm. but if you're going to read a Cassie book in this kind of latter half of the series, um, before we get to uh, the end um this one is a good one to pick um so all righty yeah that was book 44 mislabeled as book 43 in my folder so yeah I keep that um hey at time of recording it is the 18th of december so if you and i presume that this is going to go out in a few days mm-hmm so to people celebrating holidays uh, this time of year, uh, be it Hanukkah, be it Christmas, be it Kwanzaa, or if you're just getting to spend time with family, I hope you have a lovely time. And as we move to the end of 2022 and into 2023, I hope the new year has kindness in store and lovely things and that it's life is a little easier for everybody. Mm. Amen. Uh, uh, it's not going to be easier for the Animorphs. Um, next time no, we start I imagine book, not. we start book forty five, book book forty five, forty five. Uh, which is the beginning of the end. We only have uh nine more books. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> uh, uh. uh, things start to go downhill very quickly. Uh, things ramp up a whole lot. Um, so definitely, uh, be prepared for that, dear listener. Um, because it's gonna be a time. Jade, prepare! (laughs) Fuck! I feel like I've been preparing you for 44 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Have you done? (laughs) Am I truly prepared, Daniel? (laughs) 
Am no. I truly prepared? You're not. Exactly. <laughs> my delightful co-host cackling away at my expense has been Danielle. <laughs> you can find them online at Redtail Talk 90, including the games they've written at redtailtalk90.itch.io, including the aforementioned Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish, version 2.0 coming next year. Hang fire, because the game's free anyway. Um fuck scholastic uh and there is going to be dope art and shit and it's mm-hmm. going to be great mm-hmm. and if you want to hear danielle doing actual play you can check out our home podcast the room where it happened their current season is elder county tennessee where they're playing urban shadows 2e if you want to try urban fantasy with an appalachian appalachian flair give it a listen and there's a dope ass faction game as well that uh Whenever I hear anything about it, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And also that tracks in equal measures, <laughs> given the people involved. Yeah. Um, give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wonderful co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FTLcast on Twitter. Uh I highly recommend listening to Follow the Leader. They are currently still releasing, I'm getting it right this time, the yeah. six arc, the movie part of their six arcs in a movie. Um, <clears throat> I think the finale drops the Monday before this episode. will hit the fade. Ooh. Um, I have heard only good things about it. It is extremely good. Uh, some of the crew's best work to date. Um definitely go check it out um and after that they'll be doing a uh game of pathfinder uh that jade is also in that should also be a very fun time to listen to uh so give it a listen um all right all right let's do a clap let's do a clap uh 30 30 30 